0: Can you draft a late round tight end team in best ball and win $250,000 or a million dollars or $2 million? Some say no. Some say you need an elite tight end. Some say, crazy people like me, you can draft some undrafted tight ends. But can you draft a late round tight end strategy and win best ball tournaments? We're going to put that to the test today in a draft on Drafters Fantasy. Good afternoon, or good morning, I guess if you're on the west, if you're on the west coast. I see uh, we have a, a draft that's about to fill. Let me look. Let me look at drafters and see if it filled already. Um, it's eleven out of twelve, and so I'm gonna. I, I am actually going to uh, hop into this one so that we. No, I lied. Um, so we need ten more. I can share my screen really quickly. This will work. We can find. We can find 10 more. You see here, I am registered. We need 10 more people to fill the Drafters Million NFL Best Ball Championship. $250,000 to first place. $20 entry. Um, now looks like we need seven more. So as that fills, it gives us... It's perfect. It's perfect. As that fills, we can quickly walk through a little bit about... Late round tight end. It is, if you um, have followed the website, spikeweek.com, you saw that I put out an article called the undrafted tight end strategy. And then subsequently there was actually some really interesting um, analysis by a member of the discord about um, some late round tight end stuff as it pertains to comparing the elite tight ends to the late round tight ends, right? The thesis of tight end strategy is 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 sound, I think, but you'll hear frequently people talk about the later round tight ends just can't match the elite tight ends, right? And particularly in playoff formats like Underdog or DraftKings, you want the elite ceiling when you get to the playoff weeks. And that can be true. There's not really, um, uh, you're not going to get an argument from me on that end. However, there's, there's some other variables that go into this as well, and we are trying to win tournaments that are top-heavy, that have you know 10% rake, that have, in this case, on drafters, has 55,008 entries into the whole tournament, and we got to beat 55,007 of them, right? And so we can't just kind of click and pray and hope that, okay, my Kyle Pitts team is going to be better than the other, the thousands of other Kyle Pitts teams. And so I think personally that a late round tight end approach is really, really interesting for tournaments on all sites. Um, Looks like we need five more. So really quickly, I was going to touch on my kind of undrafted tight end strategy, which we're drafting on drafters today. Right. And so, The thesis, some of the most important points about um, taking this undrafted approach are a little bit mitigated on on drafters. The quote-unquote leverage of a player that is not drafted, you know, or not drafted in every draft is much more muted in a cumulative scoring format because, yes, you're getting points that you know, from a player that the rest of the field is not getting. But it's not, you know, the ownership discount doesn't come into play like it does in the playoff format, right? If there's only 10% of people that have drafted Isaiah Likely or whatever, uh, someone like that in underdog, it's just really not possible unless he's, you know, the second coming of of uh, Tony Gonzalez. There's, It's just not really possible for him to uh, you know, have some big advance rate to where you reach the playoffs or you reach the finals, and he's on a lot of teams. And so naturally, you know, the hit on the Isaiah Likely or Trey McBride or John New Smith or Daniel Bellinger, etc., Tyler Conklin, some of these names that are in this article, the the benefit of hitting on that player is the gains are extremely outsized in a playoff format. Now there are benefits. To getting a tight end in the nineteenth or twentieth round of drafters, that ends up being, you know, Dalton Schultz last year. There are huge benefits to that on drafters. It's just a little bit muted because you know it's it's the leverage isn't isn't quite there. However, um, I do still think it's relevant on on drafters. And I kind I'm not gonna you know this was I wrote a way too too many words here on tight ends. But what you'll kind of generally see here is that there's only a few elite tight ends anymore in the NFL, in fantasy football, right? Travis Kelsey goes in the first round, give or take. Um, I'm just checking back in one more for the draft. So let me wrap up before the draft kicks off. We need just one more for the drafters basketball championship. There are only five elite tight ends. And historically speaking, kind of after you, you surpass that elite tier, you're kind of generally just paying for a little bit more uh, comfort, right? You're getting the Dalton Schultzes of the world, who obviously Dalton Schultz projects projects better than Johnnie Smith, but Dalton Schultz is just generally not going to be a league winner. You know, um, I'm trying to think of some of the other, Zach Ertz this year, uh, Mike Gesicki this year. You know, these guys can be fine, and there is a... It uh, looks like the draft field. And there is a safety blanket, if you will, of those guys with a projectable role and some projectable volume. But you pay a premium for guys that are not going to win you the league. And so pushing that, staying in that elite tier or pushing that to the later rounds where there's a little bit more volatility to players, but really not that much different of an upside case in the the Noah fans and those type players is like in my opinion kind of the way to go barbelling if you will the tight end strategy so then you have this undrafted or late round tight end which um, I'll get to in just a second late round tight end where you only really have to fade big seasons from five guys and even then it has to be such a big season that they distance that they distance themselves looks like I got the yeah i know paul paul also has the spike week logo we have uh different versions of the spike Week logo but uh i got the four spot and i'm very excited so i got 45 seconds here before the draft starts and i want to um i'll pull it up after after we kind of dive into the draft a little bit because there's a member of the discord that had like seriously some really fascinating data on combinations of late round of (laughs) combinations of, of late round tight end this is an Oh, really funny point from CJ. The cup is not falling. Me sitting at four, I'm like licking my chops. You know, I get either cup or Jefferson. And uh, uh, if if uh, this draft is anything like Twitter, you know, Jefferson is just, he's the new cup. Cut, we're done. We're done with cup. You know, Jefferson is, is going to do what cup did last year and cup is uh, done. It's over. We know it for certain. But there was a member of the... Uh, Oh, CJ, you! I didn't realize you were in the 101, and that was uh, that was what you were referencing with that. That is very tilting. Also, um, that's really funny. Um, so let's see if I do actually get Jefferson here, or if uh, Andrew Andrew Troutman Adams Whoa. Adams brother. <sighs> Takes Justin Jefferson. So you know what? I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm going to do here. Actually, if it's if it's going to be JT or Chase, I actually don't really have much JT, and I don't particularly love him on on uh, drafters. But I want to kind of see what like an anchor, an anchor JT team is. Serious full tilt. <laughs> Cup and Jefferson both going in the top three when you have the fourth. <laughs> I mean. There's also something to be said for the fact that I'll be honest with you guys. I've gotten so many picks in the uh, seven through, you know, 12 range lately that it did just feel really nice to get the fourth to get (laughs) to get fourth overall. And like JT is probably my fourth or, you know, fifth overall player. I'm in the midst of updating drafters for like kind of a final sweep um, before, you know, camp injuries and preseason stuff really kicks in. And uh, I think I'm probably going to make JT my 104 overall. Um, but it's funny that like, you know, we spend all summer being like, damn it, I got the 107 again. And then I get the 104. And because Cup and Jefferson aren't there or CMC, I'm like tilting. Like First world, first world problems. Yeah, Cup is definitely sliding. DraftKings is a little bit. Uh, I try not to judge ADP based on DraftKings drafts because, like the other day, I you know posted a draft that I was picking second and Tom Brady went first. <laughs> you know, so I try not to. Uh, I try not to overanalyze the DraftKings drafts in terms of using them as a, a market sentiment tool. Um, I do stick to underdog a little bit and drafters for for those drafts. So it is interesting that CJ a sharp. Um, taking cup one hundred and one on um, drafters. I do like the receivers and CMC. Um, this is the first drafters draft I've done in a week or so, some something like that. Um, so I'm I'm interested to try out. I haven't done. Um, I have my draft. I have had my draft IQ up, and I have something like fifty percent elite tight end on on drafters and I I think I want to I like honestly I think if you I really you put a gun to my head and said you have to you know be very polarized at a position I think I would do tight end where I would do like 50% elite tight ends like give me the Kelsey's mainly like the Kelsey's and Pitts I'm not that high on Andrews um I'm not actually that high on Kittle and Waller but I would want to have some of them and then give me 50% of the late round tight end. I just want to mix through Three the combinations of three late round tight ends like in tons of teams. And I feel like you can kind of you're eventually gonna like stumble across teams that are really putting up strong points. I say this, and then of course, here's Mark Andrews, here's Javante Williams, T. Higgins. Um we're gonna look at this. We're running back brow it up here on a full PPR site. What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, Tom Brady 101 is live a little to the extreme. That is a fact. Uh, full PPR season-long cup all day. Yep. No no issues. No issues from me. Bollock says he got cup at eight this morning. Henry went three. Eckler four. Mixon five. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Justin Jefferson six. Chase seven. And cup eight in a DraftKings draft, nonetheless. See, I, now... I back boxed myself into a corner because I would normally take Kyle Pitts here, but I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Mike Williams. Uh, Mike will the the uh, the Chargers are a fun kind of conversation because you know if you listen to anyone really across the space, they'll tell you about how the Chargers are. There's not a person on the planet that isn't excited for the Chargers, like that has a brain, basically, right? Justin Herbert, one of the most exciting young quarterbacks in the league. Uh, one of the most exciting coaches in the league, offensive line upgrades, even little things like drafting Isaiah Spiller and Josh Palmer being in his second year, adding Gerald Everett, um, Donald Parham in another year in the NFL, defensive upgrades, right? Just everything you could possibly want in the Chargers, but yet Austin Eckler goes in the first round, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen go in the third round, Justin Herbert goes in the fourth round or whatever. And it's not really that like they're all almost honestly to me, like in a vacuum individually, like overpriced. I don't, I'm, I don't particularly think Mike Williams is really overpriced, but you can make a case that all of them, like from a medium perspective are overpriced and for their profiles as players are overpriced, right? Keenan's an aging declining player, still very, very good football player, but like an aging declining player, it's where, approaching the end for keenan allen i don't know if that means two years three years four years but we're approaching the end for keenan allen and and mike williams basically has one good season to his name in which he also kind of fell off a little bit uh with some injuries last year but you can poke holes in all these guys and then just come back and say uh yeah but the chargers (laughs) and like they're going to score a lot of points they're going to throw a lot they're going to be aggressive." Like, I just want some of that. And Mike Williams is my favorite, is for sure my favorite way to play that. Um, I'm actually very comfortable taking a decently big stand on Mike Williams and a stand against Keenan. I know that's not um, necessarily the general consensus, but that is how I feel. I think Mike Williams, um, with the upside, a little bit more upside that he brings with his profile and his dot potential and his touchdown potential is just a little bit. Uh, more of a fun bet than than Keenan. I would prefer to get Keenan. You know more in that where we see the Sutton, Gabe, Waddle range, which is you know a half round. Or, it's not that big of a difference, but um, uh... yeah, this is a good point. There's about to be a lot of vacated targets with the decline of Keenan in a Herbert-led offense, right? Somebody's got to take them. And Eckler, and I mean Eckler's awesome, but Eckler's out here talking about like I don't want to play. As much as I played last year, I need I need somebody else to step in for me. And like, I mean, they're not hate to break it to you. They're not going to throw a bunch of targets to Josh Kelly. So like somebody is getting targeted in this offense. You know, Gerald Everett is. Fine. Uh, I draft Gerald Everett. I'm a little worried about Gerald Everett now. If Donald Parham is going to outplay him. Oh, baby. We're scooping. This one's easy. If Anybody knows me. Hollywood. That's an easy one. (laughs) <laughs> the thing is Eckler like didn't even smash like true running back, like elite running back production. He was very good. Of course, he was very good. You want him on your team. He was a league winner on drafters, but now you're, you, you're, you're paying, you're paying for him to score 20 touchdowns again. Cause the, the targets and stuff are not going up. Um, <laughs> uh, but the Chargers, the Chargers are interesting. Once we get through these next few picks, I hit, I get my fifth round pick in here. I want to pull up uh, some stuff from the uh. His name is Mister Whiskey Rider. Sorry, it's not your real name, so I'm not doxing you or anything. Uh, Mister Whiskey Rider, but has uh, some really really interesting stuff on. Uh, On tight end and it has me interested in, you know, like I said, I wrote about the undrafted tight end thing and then some of the research that he did on late round tight ends, um, like combinations of late round tight ends versus combinations of elite tight ends and the way that they scored has me pretty interested on the late round tight end front and more interested on drafters as well than um, I probably was. Before. See, now I really don't ever take Herbert, but this feels like a pretty interesting Herbert spot here. I don't want any of these running backs. I really just, I really prefer the other quarterbacks, but I have like, we might as well, let's, let's you know what? Let's, let's take a little, a little Justin Herbert. I actually don't know if I've drafted Justin Herbert. On a single team in all of best ball this year. So, since I'm since I'm dipping my toes into the uh, JT Javante start, we might as well then also get ourselves some Justin Herbert exposure. This opens up this this opens up Parham as a very fun undrafted late round tight end. It opens up Everett if you want it if you want to do um, Everett. Obviously, as Scott says, it opens up Palmer for uh, a backdoor stack. It opens up Isaiah Spiller to include in like a team onslaught stack. But uh, a lot of uh, a lot of fun ways you can play the Chargers. I think. So if you're if you're not in art in the, the the Spike Week Discord, I highly 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 recommend it. But um, in the drafters channel drafter strategy under NFL and it is free by the way the discord is 100% free go to spikeweek.com click the discord in the header or check out the description below 100% free a bunch of crazy psychopaths around the clock 24/7 365 talking talking baseball uh people smarter than i however whiskey rider mentioned that uh if you took The top two tight ends last year, Kelsey and Mark Andrews, put them on one team, right? You have a a team that drafted Kelsey and Mark Andrews on the same team. So they're getting the tight end one and the tight end two on the same team. And you compared it against three late guys. You can get very close with three late guys to the weekly average of the top two guys on the same team. This isn't just Mark Andrews, or this isn't just the Travis Kelsey team, which no one is drafting the top two tight ends on the same team. Almost no one. So you had Andrews and Kelsey last year. This is half PPR up here. That was a 17.2 points per game average. If you had Andrews and Kelsey on the exact same team, he went through and combined their scores, right? So like if one scored 10 points in one week, the other scored eight, you take the 10 points. If you had Ertz, Hunter Henry and Gronk, you would average 15.2. So two less points per game. You would average if you went that way, he, Ran it down in PPR, and it's basically the same difference—a you know, a two-ish point per game difference—and ha- he has all the various combinations from within here that you can see. Um, if you go into the Discord, you can see he's run some really awesome analysis around kind of the different combinations that you you could have had last year from a late-round tight end perspective. And so it's not just you know, obviously what you see is Gronk will help prop up a lot of that or Dalton Schultz will help prop up a lot, prop up a lot of that but there's you can also look through he has there's times where there was Gesicki and Pat Fryermuth and Schultz or um uh, Hunter Henry we talked about um there's some other late round items I'm missing but if you if you, you obviously have to hit on those guys you can't draft a guy who busts but that's just true in, in any real strategy for it to be successful you have to you still have to hit on players you know that score points but if you are able to get a combination of three tight ends that are competent or good, particularly if you find like a smash like Gronk kind of was, or I guess Schultz technically kind of was, you can match what the elite tight ends are doing for without having to spend a top five round pick on those on those guys. And again, that was just, um. oh, good Lord. Really don't like this range. Definitely don't like the running back range. Um, I cannot take It is 69th overall, so I guess I could take Trey Lance in that scenario. We're we're gonna take Devonta Smith. Gotta get when you start with two running backs, two running backs, I pretty fucking good running backs. And Justin Herbert, pretty good quarterback. Um, but when you start with that, really gotta get some uh some some wide receiver firepower, youth. Breakout potential wide receiver firepower on this team. But the tight end thing just has me super fascinated. And that's why I really wanted to do this draft. I was already really, really, really coming around to late round tight end. Obviously, we saw the undrafted tight end thing. I think tight end is a really kind of uh, space in best ball that people have just are almost like taking for granted and making big assumptions about. Good Lord, man. Oh boy. Let me think about this now. I don't have anybody that's a stack with Burrow or Russ and I have Herbert, so we're gonna skip we're gonna skip Herbert. I'm gonna put Kirk in the queue. Yeah. We're going to go Christian Kirk, who I I don't really love that pick. I'll be perfectly honest with you, but this is what happens when you start with two running backs. (laughs) Got to get a little wide receiver juice. We got to get a little wide receiver juice. Um, Great question, G.I. asked, but wouldn't Kelsey or Andrews help in the flex? Technically. Technically. um, They can technically help in the flex. Yep. The problem is, you're drafting a tight end to help you in the flex in the top five rounds when they're gonna when they they don't outscore the other positions relative to that draft capital that you spent on them so technically they can help in the flex they can help post scores but you're gonna lose if you're counting on any type no matter how good these guys Kyle Pitts George Kittle whatever no matter how good those tight ends are, they're going to be getting outscored by the wide receivers and and running backs um, that you need to use in the flex, given the draft capital that you spent on them. Um, this is an excellent point from Bullock. Discord is a hundred percent free. You just got to listen to the Dgens argue in circles for hundreds and hundreds of messages. Yep, that's that is what happens when uh, you get uh you know more than a thousand. Uh, diehard passionate best ball sickos into a a community together talking year round especially now when we're in well I guess not even especially now at least now we are getting camp reports we are getting preseason games we're getting new information when we were doing this in April and May (laughs) with literally zero new, new information it was worse but, but I've learned, I mean, I'm just bringing to you guys something. I didn't discover this Mr. Whiskey writer in the, in the chat ha- did this just amazing analysis. And there's tons of people out there doing this kind of stuff, you know, incredibly smart people that I learn from every single day from within, from within the community. Um, so it's, it's, uh, you know, we started it, but it has been a life changer for me in terms of learning from other smart people, bouncing ideas off of other smart people, just hearing what's kind of percolating in other people's minds. And I would never, I would, ne- I mean, I mentioned like with the late round tight end thing, I was really starting to get into this strategy because like when you just start doing enough drafts, you start seeing like, God damn it, can I take. Travis Kelsey again or Kyle Pitts again or whatever and I, I have kind of some inherent natural concerns about George Kittle and Darren Waller and definitely Mark Andrews in the second round um, and so you start to be like man I don't know I don't I, I don't I don't want to be overexposed to some of these late round tight ends because of XYZ so then you're it sets you up for this late round tight end thing I start thinking through different let you know theories leverage points and all that because that's kind of how my brain works but then you see someone kind of post some super fascinating. Ooh, um, I don't have a stack for Dak. and I actually kind of like Russell Gage. I know we're not allowed to say that out loud. Can wait there. Let's let's hold on. What what uh, what is Herbert's buy week eight? Okay, we're good. There's another thing on drafters. I am uh, thinking about bye weeks. I'm not like going so far out of my way to make sure you know every single player has different bye weeks, which is hilarious because that is the case for me right now. But um, I am thinking, you know, particularly at the onesie positions, and I, I just don't want to have any weeks where I give up, give away too many points because it's just a different game. Like you know, last year the the joke about week seven, all the good offense run by in week seven last year. If I gave away points that week in on underdog so what then theoretically i'm at full strength the rest of the time and i'm um crushing everybody if my team is good i'm not that worried about it i don't have to i don't have to finish first out of 55,000 people i just got to finish second out of 12 so i can I, i'm not going to worry about it too much over a portfolio of teams here on drafters i actually think people probably don't worry about it enough because we're so ingrained from drafting on the other sites um I second this from Paul. Hello, Drew. What's cracking? How's your Friday? Hopefully, everybody's got awesome weekend plans. It's finally getting to be some nice weather around here. For it's been like 110 degrees for like two months, and now we're down into the 80s, and it feels like winter. So it's nice. Gonna hit up the Cardinals game tomorrow. I'm excited. I'm also look at this. I'm taking Russell Gage, and you cannot stop me. I still believe in Russell Gage as a good pick, particularly on drafters. Honestly, at pick a hundred, pick a hundred on drafters. Like I, I understand everybody hates Russell Gage or whatever. A, I personally think he's better than people give him credit for. Um, he's obviously not a star, but I think he's better than people give him credit for. He is on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who spoiler alert support a boatload of good. Weapons all the time. Chris Godwin was coming off an ACL. Mike Evans is already hurt. Gronk is gone. Julio is old as shit. <laughs> um, Brady, people talk about Brady like recruited Julio or whatever. Like he recruited Russell Gage first. I think Russell Gage is going to have a good season, particularly in PPR, particularly on drafters, where there's definitely concerns about Russell Gage, you know, in week 17 on underdog, all those kinds of things. But I'm, I, I'm, I'm not particularly concerned with him um, on on drafters, and I kind of think he's a little bit undervalued. But don't tell, don't tell uh, people I said that. Drew headed to a county fair. Oh man, county fair with my girlfriend later on. Temp cool down here as well. Uh, there's a big thing. It was it was last weekend. We actually didn't didn't end up going because we couldn't make it in my hometown uh tony if he's watching uh can can speak to it uh, so I'm from a town called mascuda mascuda illinois and um we have every year we call it the homecoming but it's basically a, a fair a festival uh type of thing and uh, there's like an absolute shit ton of people it's 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 not a county fair it's it's actually called august fest technically is what is what it's called but we all ca- it's weird one of the weirds, like small you know i'm from a town of ten thousand people weird small town shit that people do and uh but it's the thing like when you grow up there it's like it's the thing there's thousands and thousands of people there uh drinking beer the kids are riding rides the rednecks are doing tractor pulls you know there's music um People are getting hammered, having a good time out in the sun paying for draft beer. Gorgeous weekend for fish at Al- Alpine Valley. So uh, it's so funny now. I'm such an F1 uh, junkie. Every time I see Alpine, I, th- I say Alpine because that's the F1 team. about tells you about what my life is. best ball and Formula One. Sad. Paul says Tampa Bay is going to be frustrating. And yet this, this hundred percent Tampa Bay is going to be frustrating in manage leagues because they'll game plan targets for different wide receivers each week. And even if they're not game planning for it, Brady is just going to do the right thing, right? Like, why do you think the backs catch so many passes? Cause Brady, well, it doesn't want to throw incompletions. He checks the ball down. He makes the right reads. He does the smart things all the time. And so, you know, even if they scheme something for Evans, Godwin, Julio, or whatever, and it's not there, Brady's going to make the smart play. And, and so you, We don't have. um, Ooh. Oh, speaking. Oh god, this easy game. Rashad White, one of my favorite running backs to target. Maybe the single most fun contingent value outside of outside of Tony Pollard, and maybe A.J. Dillon. Does anybody have more fun contingent value than Rashad White? A workhorse role catching a ton of passes for Tom Brady in a nice high upside rookie profile. Pretty fun, R- Rashad White. I'm, I'm. My bags are packed with old Rashad White. We're betting against Lenny again. It's going to fail again, but uh, we'll just take our Sklansky Bucks to the bank in January and see if they'll take them. They won't. I tried last year with Darrington bank was like what the fuck are you talking who is darrington evans is that the madden streamer because he doesn't play football not sure if you're aware he doesn't play football um i actually kind of like mccall is that sick it is it is pretty sick but um what do i let's see here i just i don't have a chief so we're gonna take mccall hartman McCole is also kind of, like, sneakily... Uh, I'm also going to regret this. Having a, a stream where we talk about Russell Gage, um, talk about fading Lenny again, and talk about McColl Hardman. Like, great thing to tie your brand to. But... Everyone is, like, very excited about the Chiefs. We all are. I understand McCole is the uh, worst of the Chiefs picks. But, like... Now without Tyreek, he's the one holdover guy. I think he probably starts the year as like, you know, not an every down player, but a majority of snaps player. He is still explosive. I kind of think he's a little bit undervalued again, maybe more so in drafters, right? My brain is very much in drafters mode right now with these types of players where you of course want to have the guys who get better throughout the year have crazy high upside and all that. And I'm not sure that McCall or gauge necessarily do, but like they're also still gonna provide big weeks and spike weeks, no pun intended. And like just getting attachment to that offense, McCall's the one way to play it from a pass catcher perspective, where the market is sure it's Kelsey Juju, then some combination of Sky and MBS, and we've left McColl out, you know, out for dead. And he also has contingent value. You know, I've also also just recently wrote about this that like Contingent value is probably everything, right? Rashad White has unbelievable contingent value. If Leonard Fournette gets hurt, you're going to probably need The guy you need, if Leonard Fournette gets hurt, is Rashad White. You're going to need him. What if Juju goes down? What if Sky, MVS, Kelsey goes down? McColl has the contingent value, and I think he's probably going to provide you with some spike weeks regardless. So those are the kind of players I am targeting. So I don't really have that uh, very much McColl, honestly, but... I think that, um, I think that they're, yeah, he, he's never going to be like a superstar wide receiver. I totally agree. He's still, he's still McCall Hardman, but that doesn't mean he can't catch a screen. He's still, you know, a freaking track star, at least. He's at least that attached to Patrick Mahomes. And he's got a few more years under his belt. You know, growth is not linear. That's one thing I always talk about. I don't think McCall Hardman is going to be good, but it's, it's a pushback on always people will say, like, when a guy's Gabriel Davis awesome example. McCole Harmon is not Gabriel Davis. But people push back on Gabe because he hasn't had a, a true NFL breakout season like monster fantasy production. But like growth is not linear and players don't like people you know in in very uh you know, disingenuous terms. We'll use Devontae Adams as examples in these scenarios, but he is an example of nonlinear growth. Not only did Devontae Adams suck when he was, you know, in his first two or three years in the league, he talks about like not even being sure if he wanted to continue playing football because he hated it so much. Now he's the best fucking wide receiver in the NFL. Gro- Sometimes it just every we're all human. This is a human thing. It's not Madden. You know, players don't players don't just like uh, ooh, Damian Pierce or Michael Carter. We are going to roll with a little bit of Michael Carter, the pass catching, um, on a maybe probably a little bit more exciting offense. I think uh, we're going to roll that way. I was kind of hoping I could kick off a late round tight end team with Alberto, but he's the, the steam has come a little bit up on Alberto. But just to wrap, put a bow on that that point before we start to get into the nitty gritty of the late round tight end stuff is like I said, growth is not linear. This isn't Madden. You don't you don't like come into the league as the rookie as an 80 overall. And then the next year you're 85 because you, you know, you all every, every player just goes up a little bit each year. Right. Or you assign your, you know, he, I'm going to boost his awareness by five points. I'm going to do this training. I'm going to do that. That's not, it's not, this is real life. These are real humans and real football players. And sometimes it, it is just a switch flips. Or you figure something out, or you reach a physical. You know, maybe you need to get bigger and stronger, or you know, you need to learn things. God, players, players grow differently mentally and physically, and so um, I try not to write off players, maybe the way some other people would, um, and that that can be that 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 can burn you just as well, right? That can absolutely burn you very easily, uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm not I'm not living in a Madden sim. Yeah, sometimes I think people think we are we're playing football in a uh Madden sim. Um yeah, Madison probably has top five upside. I I I definitely forgot him. I also have some tiny concerns about him um with the new kind of coaching staff and stuff. Daniel Jones, Tyler Algier, Hunter. Okay, we're definitely starting to get into uh Here's a guy I was looking for, George Pickens. I'm gonna keep pushing this tight end thing a little bit. Let's have a little bit of fun with the late round. T- if we're gonna, if we're gonna advertise, we're doing a late round tight end stream. We're not doing like fucking Pat Fryermuth and Hunter Henry. We're gonna have some real fun. And when the God damn it, what is McKenzie's ADP? That that was like the last receiver I really wanted to get was Isaiah McKenzie. I'm a Stan. I'm a believer. I know some people are not believers, but I really wanted Isaiah McKenzie. Um. So right now, for the old audio listeners, we started, um, we'll go up to the board, started out of the 104 with JT and then came back and hit Javante Williams. So we're sitting pretty good at running back, sitting especially good at running back once we see the other couple guys we've added. Mike Williams, Marquise Brown, stack Mike Williams with Justin Herbert, Devonta Smith, Christian Kirk, Dak Prescott, Russell Gage, Rashad White, McCall Hardman, Michael Carter, George Pickens. Pretty fun. Kind of a mix, you know, and that's the thing with the Hardman's and the, the even the Kirk's and the gauges and, and those guys, when you mix around with Devonta Smith, George Pickens, right? Probably some more upside shots that I'm going to take later at wide receiver. It, uh you can mix in those guys. Uh Let me see. Drew asked, is there a running back you ideally target to start a zero RB build? No, not to start a zero RB build. There are definitely types of running backs I prefer in zero running back builds. Um, and it's actually probably maybe the opposite of what some other people might, might say, you know, people will talk about, Oh, I, I need, I need some early season production and stuff. I, you want to mix, you want to mix archetypes, right? So um, let me think about this. The, the Melvin Gordons and Devin Singletaries and such of the world, maybe Nahim Hines of the world that are going to get you some points early in the year. So you're not literally taking zeros at running back um you know definitely on drafters you don't want to be taking zeros or running back it, you'll it's over your season's over if you start doing that but even on underdog and DraftKings, you definitely don't want to be taking zeros at um running back and so you want to kind of mix and match some of those archetypes but for me, the Rashad Whites, the um Isaiah Spillers, Daryl Henderson's uh, Alexander Madison's those guys are some of the 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 cream of the crop of the zero RB targets in the a little bit of the later rounds. But then you have the Pollards. Dylan um, is a little expensive, but I do still like AJ Dylan. I'm um, last Friday a week ago we had Jacob Sanderson on who talked um, kind of about upside situations, and he put it really well in that he starts with identifying the players, and then then looks at the cost. And I think people do the opposite thing. AJ Dillon being a great example. They say, whoa, AJ Dillon is really expensive. And they'll just flat fade him because of the cost. Where Jacob is talking about, you can still draft some of those guys. You just have to figure out how much you want to dip your toes into a cost that I think we all agree that, man, that, that is a little bit steep probably for AJ Dillon. Um, but you can you, you don't want to have absolutely zero of those guys. So now here's the question is do we I think we start, I think we start this late round tight end with Noah Fant here. He's like the last, the last of the of, of like kind of my favorite. Like I have him higher than this. And it's funny because uh, when Fant got traded, I was actually more down, down on him because we were hoping that he would still be there when Russ came. And then it was just going to be wheels fucking up for, for Noah Fant. Obviously, that's not the situation now. But then the market corrected very, 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 very far. I think um, to kind of bury him down with the Gerald Everett's and Hayden Hurst of the world, I think is, has gone a little bit too far just strictly on his talent. I'm still not very excited for the Seahawks situation, but you just get that talented of a player on probably a bad team that theoretically will be forced to throw a little bit more. And um, I like him. Ooh, got to make sure we get somebody in the queue here. So we don't time out. I don't want to do another tight end yet. Seconds. I'll, I'll do Tyrion Davis Price. Don't love him as much on drafters. Um, but that's okay. He'll round out my running backs. I wanted to get to five. I wanted to get to five. Um With JT and Javante, Michael Carter can fill in a little bit. Rashad White, obviously, is the the monster upside play. TDP, I I go back and forth, you know. Right now, he's probably sitting behind Trey Sermon, which is a little bit uh, less than ideal. I think TDP could be a very big goose egg for most of the year, but... As the running back five, when you have JT and Javante ahead of them, I think I think I'm okay taking that shot, but um, I am a little worried about the bags of TDP that I'm holding right now. But when you're when you're just in that range, I, I didn't really want any of these these wide receivers. We're kind of in a bucket of tight ends that I didn't particularly want when uh, I'm going to dip my toes into some more fun late round tight end names. this is funny an actual question from Gabe Davis as opposed to a don't draft me bro what percentage what ownership percentage is too much for Jamison? I can't stop myself uh, on drafters I'm not really drafting Jamison Williams um, the 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 situation is just terrible for him in cumulative scoring. I think the situation is fairly terrible for him uh, generally speaking for the amount of games he probably plays this year but, I think that the upside that he does provide maybe late in the year is worth taking uh, some shots at on underdog and on DraftKings, especially where you get 20 rounds where you're not going to be punished quite as much. You know, if you take 10 or 11 wide receivers, and Jamison Williams is one of them, you know, when he doesn't do anything for eight to 10 weeks, you can be, you can be totally fine uh, with a 15th round pick or whatever he is that isn't doing anything. Most of them aren't going to do anything anyway. An underdog with only 18 rounds, it's a little bit more difficult. And I am generally concerned for, you know, is this like almost a total red shirt year? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good, I don't think anybody has a good feel. I don't think the lions have a good feel for exactly what Jameson's season is going to look like his talent, obviously just far outweighs where he goes in drafts on drafters with cumulative scoring. He's not a guy I'm taking on the other sites. I want to take some shots at, I want to be price sensitive. Um, and I don't know what I don't know like what uh, exposure percentage I'm I'm targeting specifically. CJ says I love starting the three tight ends builds with Hurst. Funny you say that. I just drafted a team this morning in Best Ball Mania three with Hayden Hurst, Tyler Conklin, and Isaiah Likely as a three quarterback or three uh excuse me a three tight end team. So I su- I support that because Hurst is a guy that's like. Never going to, like, blow away the field, right, at tight end, obviously. But he's attached to the Bengals. You just get a little bit of inherent value from being attached to the Bengals. And he's going to score some points. CJ Uzoma did it last year. So uh, that's nice to kind of get a little bit of a a baked-in floor in your three tight end builds. And then you can shoot some flyers off after, right, with some of the guys that we'll probably get into. Here on this draft. All right. It's definitely wide receiver time. I'm gonna just keep progressing with my David Bell bags, I think. Pick one eighty nine. I just can't do the Sammy Watkins things, guys. We're gonna we're gonna David Bell. We're gonna go David Bell. Add another shitty David Bell team. To the portfolio. Yeah, we. Well, sorry, we talked about uh, Pickens a little bit today in the Discord as well. He's been crushing in in camp, um, and this is an excellent point. Two things on Pickens: one, excited for him, fun prospect. If he stayed healthy at Georgia, I think he would not have fallen to the fifty second overall pick, um, in the second round. But I think there's a little bit of context missing from some of the George Pickens hype, which is A, Deontay and Claypool have not been been practicing. So, like, what the fuck else are the Steelers going to talk about? Ray-Ray McLeod? Is he even on the team? I don't know. You know, there's nothing to talk about, especially when you then get to the next contextual point, which is the quarterbacks have been shit. Everybody was so excited to get Ben out of there, and every day the camp reports are like, oh, my God, Mitch is horrible again. Pickett looks like he's, you know, a blind man, and Mason Rudolph's the best quarterback at at camp. So, like... (laughs) There isn't anything to talk about except George Pickens. So the hype is like, I think we need to like take a step back on the Pickens thing. I, just, I drafted him. I am on, I'm, I'm very much on board with Pickens, but I think some of the hype is getting a little bit crazy. Just when we take into some of the factors, plus I think a little bit of it, as Tony said, could kind of be a little bit of the, the, some problems with their, their defense. Like maybe their defense just sucks. Right. All right, we are gonna get scoop another wide receiver here. Actually, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm gonna take another wide receiver. Really don't like Curtis Samuel, but such is life when you back yourself into a corner. You just take one of the better players. And I can't take any more Wolf. I, I can't take more Wolf Fuller just yet. Um uh, way too many will fuller teams already just dead dead and buried i do have uh some thoughts about to kind of a crazy off the board late round wide receiver and then 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 we're getting you only had to wait 50 minutes and then we're going to get into some fun late round uh tight end names sort of buying into the sermon height looks the part um definitely you know i I'm sort of buying into the sermon hype too. I'm going to buy back a little bit of sermon, I think, in uh, like Best Ball Mania, maybe on drafters here in the late rounds on DraftKings as well. Uh, nothing super special. It's just, I think we want 49ers running backs, right? Um, and I don't want to pay the price for Eli Mitchell. And so it's like, I think it's going to be a committee. I project it to be a committee. Mo- most of the time, they do project to be a committee. I think. Maybe Sermon, you know, bounces back from last year and earns some of a role. If not, Tyrion Davis-Price earns some of a role. They both can be goal backs. You know, maybe Jeff Wilson mixes in there. I just think the 49ers' backfield is always valuable, and so I don't want to pay the peak price for the guy who I think is just going to be in the committee. I want to take shots on some of these guys, and Trey Sermon could absolutely just be the number two guy. Um. What are your thoughts about stacking strategy with your QBs for a tournament like this compared to a playoff-based tournament like Best Ball Mania 3? So I think you actually still really want to be stacking in um, in this tournament as well uh, because we see things like the, the top offenses, kind of like a, a rising tide lifts all boats type of, of situation. And when a, an offense is just going to be good, everybody's benefiting from it. Look at the bucks last year. Like if you just played naked Tom Brady, you're like, Oh yeah. Cause you know, maybe none of the guys individually all just totally smash. Maybe it's spread out, whatever. But like, if you stack them up with one, two, or even three guys, you get Godwin Evans, Gronk, Lenny, whatever that are, you know, you're kind of bouncing around getting all these good weeks constantly. And the, the spike weeks, again, no pun intended, that we get when we stack are correlated. I don't have to get as many things right. I get a good season from my team, right? So I'm betting on the Chargers to have a good season and it to be the Mike Williams thing. And it's like, yes, of course, Mike Williams is not going to have a monster week every single week, but a good season, right? Stafford and Cup last year. When when Stafford helps elevate the offense and Cup takes a gigantic leap, leap forward, having them together is... Crushing, you know, individual weeks, which in turn over a cumulative scoring format crushes um, over the season. All right, hold on. Let's see here. We're going to, we got to, we got to take Donald Parham on this team. It's, it's a must. Absolute must to get Donald Parham on this team. So we got Noah Fant and Donald Parham. We need Donald Parham to beat out Gerald Everett here for the Herbert stack. And then I got to, I got a wide receiver that's a little bit off the board here that uh, I'm going to get ready for in the 19th. But just to put a bow on on this, people think about stacking like it's only a weekly thing and I need it to win Best Ball Mania 3 in week 17 or week 16 or whatever. And it's obviously beneficial to have the stack for those playoff weeks you you do almost almost need it. But in but in a, sc- a scoring format like this, where it's cumulative, you get multiple benefits of stacking as well. You get the individual weeks being spiked, but you get the seasonal benefit too. It's like if Tom Brady is good, the offense is going to be good. His weapons are going to be good. Do I know exactly how it's going to go scoring-wise week to week or whatever? No, but I just want all the benefits of everybody being elevated in value. (laughs) One day slash game a year, I show up with my A game. The rest is just average. Don't draft me messages from Gabe. Shout out, Gabe. Very funny. Very funny. All right. Here's a gross one. Because I talked about, uh, talked about uh, stacking, right? And Jalen Tolbert is the steamiest of all steamy wide receivers. And, you know, George Pickens and Jalen Tolbert are just uh, everybody's favorite rookie sensations this year. No James Washington, Michael Gallup, who knows when he's going to be back. What if Jalen Tolbert A, even if Jalen Tolbert is decent, they do need a third wide receiver. What if Jalen Tolbert is not totally ready to be the number two in Dallas? Noah Brown also not that great, but been playing. He's been a rotational piece. A small, very, 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 very Small rotational piece in Dallas. But he played a little bit before. He's a holdover. In 20 rounds. I'm not particularly taking Noah Brown in Best Ball Mania or anything like that. But um I think he's worth a tiny little shot. I'm just looking up right here, uh, here right now. Noah Brown's <laughs> uh 26 26 years old, former seventh round pick. I didn't know uh, how old he was. To be totally honest with you, he actually he actually left school early. <laughs> went to went to Ohio State and you know didn't do anything and uh, uh, left left school left school early. But he did uh, did have four touchdowns against uh, OU in 2016. School record, by the way, tied Noah Brown. There's a when you go to your next uh, bar trivia. Who who has the most receiving touchdowns in a game for Ohio State? Tom Spike, we told you it's Noah Brown with four against Oklahoma in 2016. I really didn't know that. Now, I don't I don't mind. Uh, let's load up the queue a little bit with some of these. Here's some names that I'm that I'm targeting in late round tight end teams stack stack partners. So like you saw with Donald Parham open to doing that, right? So there'll be names I don't put on here that I'm open, open to like eh, Troutman. Maybe Um, these guys you see here, I, some people have been on Tommy Trumbull. I respect it. Not personally. My, my cup of tea, my guy, but apparently I'm just going to, this is the new brand play, it's Isaiah Likely. And then my guy who was sort of a brand play in the pre-draft process, Kylan Granson. So my my kind of definitive list, if you will, of the undrafted super deep sleeping, super deep sleeping, super deep sleeper, late round tight ends, Johnu, Greg Dolchich, Tyler Conklin, Daniel Bellinger, Trey McBride, Isaiah Likely, and Kylan Granson. So what I am going to do, Let's go look at my tight ends and kind of look at the bye week thing. Not because it's some big deal, but I, if I'm going to take a shot on a flyer that's probably not going to be correlated with either of my quarterbacks, I am going to balance it out amongst my. So don't have to worry about that. My two tight ends have a week 11 and a week 8 bye. So I don't have to worry about that here. Um, I know some people like Foster Moreau, as Travis as Travis says here. Uh, I kind of shot down in Discord the other day the Foster Moreau thing, because people are like, oh, he has great contingent upside if Waller goes down. And if you actually go look back at the data, his contingent upside isn't really that good. It was like good for a $2,500 on DraftKings DFS play. <laughs> but like, he hasn't ever really actually done anything. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I am going to take Isaiah likely because I'm trying to get that exposure up to Isaiah likely. Um, I think depending upon what kind of players you took in that late round tight end team, any of those guys are viable. I tend to take the Tyler Conklin type player a little more. Like if I don't have, if I don't have the yep, that's funny, that's right on cue. Uh, if I don't have the Noah Fant, Hayden Hurst. Maybe like Evan Ingram, whatever, that type of a player. You know, I don't have the guy that has a little bit of kind of a baked in floor, if you will, you know, say whatever, (laughs) however you want to define floor for Hayden Hurst and no fan. But that doesn't, if I, if I literally just got down to, you know, Brevin Jordan and, and maybe, maybe Conklin is my tight end one, then I'm not going to take likely Parham. McBride, Granson, Bellinger, whatever. I do like Conklin because I do think he has a a fairly like real role right out of the gate. I mean, he's the tight end one for sure for the Jets. How valuable is that? I don't know. But he's going to be I think he's a pretty decent football player. And I think he comes with a little bit of a baked in floor. So um, I think it's a little bit team dependent. I uh, since I have Noah Fant and then you know, I've made this sort of bet that Parham maybe wins that tight end job correlated with my team. I'm kind of shooting for the moon a little bit. Conklin doesn't have crazy upside. He has, in my opinion, he has upside to really blow away a 20th round pick cost, but I don't think he can be, you know, the Gronk or Dalton Schultz of last year, in my opinion. Um, I know Updog likes, likes Conklin. Um, and I do too. I think he's an awesome pick, but I think depending upon how you how your team structure and the archetypes of players come together, I uh I want to like take a total crazy swing at a guy like Isaiah Likely. Um, Kylan Granson kind of fits that mold too. Where Likely, uh, Trey McBride fits that mold. Likely, I think is going to play a little bit to start the year. Period. Be in twelve personnel packages. Um, get some looks, you know, have like a little bit of a floor of a couple catches a game or something like that. Maybe hopefully grow into a little bit more of a role, but the contingent value of Isaiah likely if Mark, if something happens to Mark Andrews and likely becomes the tight end one on the Ravens, he's the best 20th round pick that there is any position. So, that's kind of how I'm playing it, mixing and matching those those archetypes. But I like to, from a late-round tight end perspective, this is kind of how I like to do it. Now, you can remove the names, but Noah Fant, just through sheer talent and through a little bit of lack of target competition, obviously there's Lockett and DK Metcalf, he's being you know, downgraded into the 160s because of the team that he plays for, which I don't really have a problem with. But when I'm going for a late-round tight end approach, I want that talent. That talent breeds upside. Noah Fant has played with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater and these scrubs, Brandon Allen and shit, for years and been serviceable. So what really has changed for him? Nothing has really changed. His upside may still be a little bit capped, but from a week-to-week perspective, he's a guy I really like to include in these. Then you get a Donald Parham type, right, which is stacked with my main quarterback. Will he be a thing? I don't know, but his only competition is Gerald Ever, who they brought in and didn't pay that much money to, and supposedly isn't really flashing at camp, and Parham is. We were reasonably excited about Parham last year. Now we've written him off, and his competition hasn't gotten any better. And he's gotten another year under his belt. And then he's correlated, right? And then I mix in an upside shot. But you can mix and match through these guys, right? So people brought up Hayden Hurst. There's, let me pull look at the draft board really quick. Um, there's oh let's see if you like mo alley cox brevin jordan austin hooper everett actually is a fine is a, is a fine pick himself david and tyler higby right pat fryer hunter henry Irv Irv is going in the 150s here cole comet alberto is like a, a you know he's a little bit earlier in terms of the late round type thing you know 11th, 11, 11, 12th, 12th round. But I think if you look at like the 12th round and you start with Albert O, who oozes upside, and you can take Albert O, like you could, you could, you don't have to go as extreme as I just did. Like if you went Albert O, Fant, and then likely, or Albert O, Fant, Conklin, or something like that. I mean, there are many, many ways that that grouping just smashes for the year and more than offsets not having that elite tight end. And so I'm really personally looking to try to get a bunch of combinations of those kinds of players. Um, And I think there's a lot of reason as what Mr. Whiskey writer talked about in discord that we showed earlier. Um, If you check out the undrafted tight end article that I have up on the website, there's a lot of really, really, really interesting reasons to be in on late round tight end this year. CJ asked, um, boop, 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 boop. Where was it? Roast, roast, roast the team. CJ got the 101 and was playing to the host with the 0RB team. Also takes Cooper Cup, Tyree Kill, AJ Brown, Lamar Jackson, r- stacks Lamar with Rashad Bateman, takes Trey Lance, and stacks him with Brandon Ayuk. I mean, you, you wanted to get roasted, but you knew, you knew, don't you can't bullshit a bullshitter. You knew that I would like this team. hundred percent. Now we're gonna get to the running backs. And you also know that I like some of these running backs. And and it's a it's a late round tight end stream, and you went late round tight end. So you have Lamar and Lance, two of my favorite quarterbacks, stacked with Bateman and Iuk on a zero running back team with Cup, Tyreek, and AJ Brown, Ramondre. Kareem Hunt, also a really good job of the running backs mixing and matching. Like we talked about earlier, uh, I think it was Drew asked about like kind of who to target, when to target your first running back and zero running back. This is a good example of not really necessarily picking a who to target or exactly when to dive in right? because you just happened to land on these stacks that worked out for you at those turns, at the 4-5 turn and the 6-7 turn, and it really rounded out your first seven rounds perfectly. But you could have taken, you know, if it didn't play out that way, you could have taken a guy in the seventh round or whatever. You could have taken A.J. Dillon. You know, you could have, if you didn't get Lance, you could have taken A.J. Dillon in the seventh. But you mixed and matched this, right? James Robinson is probably not a mega upside guy, but assuming health, assuming he's playing early in the year and the Achilles is okay. He comes in a little bit preloaded with a little bit of, of scoring early. Same thing with Hunt. Ramondre is kind of that hybrid, right? That's why he goes where he goes eight in the eighth or ninth round because his crazy upside, but also a little bit of standalone value. Same thing with Hunt, which makes these guys awesome zero running back targets. Uh, Madison, a little bit more of just a contingent bet. Spiller, we don't know what Spiller is yet. We're thinking has a little standalone and contingent, but we don't really know. Uh, Damian Pierce, again, kind of a, a hybrid. And then a, a toward flyer with Hassan Haskins. And then a, a late-round running back team with a bunch of rookie – wide receivers thrown onto it. It's a really fucking good team. You wanted me to roast it. Don't, don't do that shit. You know, roast, you know, that I would love this team. This looks like teams that I built. Okay. Here's what we'll say. Here's what I'll say about roasting. Have you, have you considered drafting a tight end that, you know, can score more than 11.3 fantasy points in a game? I mean, if we're going to go late round tight end, let's at least get a little fucking juice. I could beat these dudes in a race. Evan Ingram can't catch the ball. Evan Ingram has been Evan Ingram has been spotted at practice every single day and clipped and put on Twitter him dropping like a 4-yard slant from Lawrence. That's the only has anyone seen Evan Ingram catch a pass in camp? If he has, they don't post it on Twitter. They only post the drops. It's literally all drops. Evan Ingram drop, Evan Ingram drop. So you know Austin Hooper and Hayden Hurst are not saving you from, from from passing on the elite tight ends. So at least you got Evan Ingram. You can talk about Sklansky taking Sklansky bucks to the bank earlier. Your Evan Ingram Sklansky bucks are uh, are maybe what will save you. But no, it's a really good team. It's a really good team. Uh, super quickly, I I probably never even recap my team for the audio listeners. I started out of the one of the one o four with Jonathan Taylor and Javante Williams with a little superhero running back. Superhero running back start came back with Mike Williams and Hollywood Brown, two of my favorite third and fourth round wide receivers. Stacked Mike Williams with Justin Herbert, something I don't do very often, and was kind of fun to try out. Uh, being a little weak at wide receiver, we we went to Devonta Smith. Second year breakout wide receiver Christian Kirk, kind of a, uh, please God, you know, on the Jags with no target competition, help help juice my wide receiver room since I was a little lacking at wide receiver. Came back and hit, uh, quarterback again with Dak Prescott, Russell Gage, Rashad White, McCole Hardman, Michael Carter, George Pickens. Then we got into the late round tight end section of the draft with Noah Fant. Came back with Tyrion Davis Price to close out running back on just kind of a upside shot maybe hopefully hopefully a committee member in San Francisco and then David Bell, Curtis Samuel, Donald Parham to go as my second tight end with Justin Herbert, Noah Brown, the guy that nobody uh knew is tied for the all-time single game touchdown record at Ohio State. And Isaiah Likely, my new my my, my new guy, my favorite. My favorite late round flyer. Late round tight end flyer. Isaiah likely uh, Lawrence doesn't throw a catchable ball and uh, uh, Dan, Dan what happened to Dan Arnold he, he married Roseanne and we never heard from him again that is that is very very true um, that's why they signed Evan Ingram because uh, Dan Arnold married Roseanne um, that is gonna do it for me today thank you for joining for the lunchtime the lunchtime show we pulled up the show a little bit early for this like I said it's beautiful outside we're going to go try to enjoy our weekend a little bit. I will be around, of course, for the afternoon. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, whatever, drop them in the comments or head over to the Discord that you saw earlier, 100% free. Sign up for drafters. If you have not yet signed up for drafters, you can see across the ticker at the bottom. Use promo code SPIKE when you sign up or use the link in the description. You'll get a free entry into this tournament that we just drafted. It uh, uh, just deposit, literally just deposit $10 and you will get a free entry. I am actually going to share really super, super quickly. Quickly, it is twelve. You see here entries. It's got to get to fifty-five thousand entries by opening day, and there we're only at twelve thousand. So we are set for some pretty intense overlay here on on drafters. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be hopping in plenty of those drafts here down the stretch. If you're just getting into best ball you're looking for where to kind of deploy your bankroll here over the final month, I really do recommend it. It's um, probably the most plus EV place for you to draft. Uh, As Paul says, everybody go touch some grass. Drew says, have a great day and weekend. And Jake says, cheers, cheers to you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. Be back on Monday to draft another stream, bring in on a special guest. You guys will hear more about that later. Uh, Yeah. Enjoy your weekend. Peace.